Good afternoon, everybody. This is Blake Ruby, the Reverend Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show, The Church of the Soul's Evolution. I hope you're doing all right. You had a good week. It's a very sad time for me and some of the people at work. We had a co-worker who committed suicide the other day. Greg Kane was his name. And we worked for the Army as civilians, and he was a GS-15, which means he was the highest up. He was a boss, a chief of the training branch. And I knew him well. We worked together for over 12 years. I mean, I didn't actually work for him, but he was in the G-7. I was in the G-3. I am in the G-3, which is operations, their training. But we would walk by each other all the time in the hallways and say hello to each other. And he was always looking busy and very efficient and organized. And I went into his office a few times and had a chance to talk with him about some work-related issues. And Well, apparently on Thursday morning, he was on his way to work in the van pool. And they made another stop, and the person that sat behind him noticed that he was slumped over and he reached forward and saw blood and a bullet hole through the window. He'd taken a gun and shot himself. He was rushed to the hospital and he was alive until 10 p.m. 10 p.m. last night. And then he passed away. And it's so sad, isn't it, how that pain that we have in this world and I understand I've been there before myself kind of a long time ago when I was in Germany I've talked about it before on other shows away from home for the first time drinking alcohol listening to music that kind of got me down and thinking you know listening to these voices and, you know, maybe the world would be better off without you or, you know, who needs you and whatever. That pain, you know, the, at that time it was like, I was drinking a lot, you know, and uh, during the holiday season, you would wake up and start drinking again. And it would be like a constant hangover and, not eating properly, you know? People talking about you behind your back. You know how it is. Anyway, Greg Kane. So, here's a prayer for him. God, creator, please bless Greg Kane. He was a great man. I had a chance to work with him. I'm sorry he was going through some personal issues. Bless his soul. If he's there in purgatory, if it could be your will, God, may your will be done all the time, but here's a good word for him, a prayer, a nice thought. I really love Greg, and I saw the kind of man he was. And if it could be your will, God, help him to Forgive himself, please, to release himself, 
to be released from purgatory, that place where the suicides go, and start again. I know that's too bad. He'll have to come back to a planet of a similar category and start life over again. And have to make up for that progress, find that same progress he made in this life. But, well, too bad he didn't know. If I'd known, I could have helped him. Life is supposed to be hard, don't you know, people? Life is supposed to be hard. That's how we learn. We all go through it together. And there are resources. There's the Bible. There's the Koran. There's other books. My favorite book, Abduction to the Ninth Planet. There's prayer. There's friends. There's love. And most of all, remember, never, never forget that you are loved. Whether you believe it or not, you are loved. Guaranteed. Take that from me. And so I'm going to read a little bit from this book, kind of following up on that. This book is called Beyond the Darkness by Angie Fenimore, a woman who tried to take her life and succeeded temporarily. She took some prescription pills, very heavy-duty prescription pills, and succeeded in leaving her physical body and going to a spiritual dimension, if you will. And she was in this a room, almost like a transitory room with other suicides, young girls, you know. She was about 20-some years old, but it happens all the time. Even young boys and girls, 12, 15, 16 years old, what a waste of life, you know, what a shame, what a waste of potential. And then it was like a holding area, and then she was whisked away at the speed of light, sucked, drawn by an energy that was magnetic to her spirit, to a dark plane, I don't know where, on the dark side of the moon, perhaps. But anyway, she found herself in this dark plane, surrounded by thousands of thousands of other suicides and they were fenced in by this material that she described as like dark energy or dark matter and so they couldn't go beyond that barrier so that's where the suicides go and there's no love there's no joy there's no happiness, there's no hope, there's no light, just people mumbling around nonsensical things, walking around mumbling nonsensical things, going over and over again what led them to commit suicide, trying to justify their actions. And there they stay until they do their time, however long that may be, until they're prayed for by someone who cares about them, who loves them. Even still, it's up to the Creator, Mother and Father God. But 
Mother and Father God become one. Remember, I've told you this before on other shows. When they meld their spirits, when they merge their spirits, they become one, just like the supreme creator of the universe, who's both male and female. And that was the plan at the Big Bang, when the universe began forming itself one solar system after another, that there would be co-creator gods in charge of solar systems, spirits who would achieve that level of perfection through the process of reincarnation, purifying themselves one life after another until they achieved that level of spirituality, of evolution. Our mother and father God are real. Don't you believe what other people say about there only being a father God? You know, deep inside you, in the core of your being, that's true. If you believe in the Father God and you believe in heaven, I guarantee you, you're not going to get there and see that you're a motherless child in heaven. No. The Father God wants a woman by his side. Why not? Who's to say that he can't have a woman by his side? Oh, those people that wrote the Bible, they didn't care about the truth. They were just trying to dominate the people and have power and money and authority over them. And that's the truth. And we're all truth seekers, right? I might not say the truth all the time, but I'm a truth seeker. Anyway, so Angie Fenimore found herself on this dark plane surrounded by these suicides and they're wearing all these robes very dingy, unlike heaven where you wear a gown of righteousness or a robe of righteousness and it's bright white, pure shining white light. It's true, you'll see. I guarantee it. So I'm going to read. She's there and all of a sudden she sees a pinpoint of light coming towards her. Then I heard a voice of awesome power. Not loud, but crashing over me like a booming wave of sound, a voice that encompassed such ferocious anger that with one word, it seemed it could destroy the universe. And that the encompassed and also encompassed such potent and unwavering love that like the sun, it could coax life from the earth. I cowered at its force and at its excruciating words. Is this what you really want? The great voice emanated from a pinpoint of light that swelled with each thunderous word until it hung like a radiant sun just beyond the black wall of mist that formed my prison. Though far more brilliant than the sun, the light soothed my eyes with its deep and pure white luminescence. I sensed that the light could not or perhaps would not, I wasn't sure. Excuse me, I need to get into the light a little bit better here. Yeah. 
cross the barrier into the darkness. And I knew with complete certainty that I was in the presence of God. Now within the brilliance, I could see the form of a man draped in billowing robes of breathtaking whiteness. Pearlescent, magnificent hair flowed back onto his shoulders from a noble, rounded widow's peak. He was a being of light, not just radiating light or illuminated from within, but he almost seemed to be made of the light. It was a light that had substance and dimension, the most beautiful, glorious, substance that I had ever beheld. From the light, I felt love, love directed toward me as an individual, but I was baffled by it. I had never felt deserving of God's love. Anytime I had an inkling that he had taken a hand in my life, I felt that I probably benefited as a casual bystander because someone else in my life Someone better, someone more deserving, had received God's blessing. So a little of God's love had accidentally spilled over onto me. I have been taught that God loves all of his children and all of his creations. And we are all God's children, by the way. Naturally, I categorized God's creations and assumed that we each get our little parcels. But having ranked myself with the trees and fish in importance among God's creation, I now saw that I had limited my ability to feel his presence and concern for me. I had grossly underestimated my importance and the nature of my origin. I am literally the spirit offspring of God. I even looked like him. I was surprised that he really had a body with arms, with legs, and features like mine. And I immediately fixated on his nose. There was a bump on the bridge that tapered into a sharp point, like a nose you might find on a Greek vase painting. An unusual characteristic of mine is that I, too, have a bump on the bridge of my nose, which I inherited from my mother. As I studied the features of God, I marveled to see that what I had learned in church and from the scriptures, which I had assumed was figurative or symbolic, was apparently literally true. We are actually physically created in his image. This realization, this realization was staggering. Probably because of the brilliance of the light, which was white, God looked to me like an old man without wrinkles and with a young, strong body. His shoulders were broad and his chest was full. His arms were strong and the muscles well-defined. His chiseled facial structure was strong and perfect, softened by a neat 
white beard. But more striking to me than his physical features was the light that emanated from them. All beauty, all love, all goodness were contained in the light that poured forth from this being. I have since caught glimpses of this light in the splendor of nature, and I have felt portions of this intense light in people who love without judgment and who give without pretense. Occasionally, I have felt the presence of spirits of light, and it is this kind of light that comes from them. But there is nothing else we are even capable of imagining that comes close to the magnitude of perfect love from this being poured into me. I was captivated by his beauty. Yet as much as God filled me with wonder and awe, I was certain that I was not meeting him for the first time. There was a tremendous familiarity about him. While I was not remembering details of a life before my mortal birth, I was reacquainting myself with the life that I shared with the Father, a spirit life that seemed to extend to the beginning of the universe. I could see that none of the others in the plane were aware of God's presence. The man cowering next to me could see that I was focused on something but it was apparent that he couldn't see anything beyond the barrier. Others continued to babble unaware. Then God spoke to me. His words were excruciating. Is this what you really want? Of course, I didn't want to be separated from my family and from the people who love me, but I had no choice. I was a failure at everything that was important to me. And I had tried to change the course of my life with disastrous results. I was sure that it wasn't a matter of what I wanted, but of what I was capable. I could not succeed, and I could not stand the pain of defeat any longer. I could not stand the pain of defeat any longer. I felt that this dark place was where I belonged. Now his voice exploded with energy. Don't you know this is the worst thing you could have done? I could feel his anger and frustration, both because I'd thrown in the towel and because I'd cut myself off from him and from his guidance. I stood there with the same stone face I had worn as a teenager as I had endured lectures by Joanne over my poor grades, which she and my dad warned me would severely limit my options in later years. At the time, I had almost no concept of life after high school, and I suppose a little of that attitude had followed me into adulthood. Certainly, I had no real concept of suffering the consequences of my actions after I died. And I felt trapped. I'd been able to see no other choice but to die before I could do any more damage in life. So I answered 
But my life is so hard. My thoughts were communicated so fast that they weren't even completed before I absorbed his response. You think that was hard? It is nothing compared to what awaits you if you take your life. When the father spoke, each of his words exploded into a complex of meanings like fireworks, tiny balls of light that erupted into a billion bits of information, filling me with streams of vivid truth and pure understanding. Life's supposed to be hard. You can't skip over parts. We have all done it. You must earn what you receive. Suddenly. I felt another presence next to God, the same presence that had been with me when I first crossed over onto death and who had reviewed my life with me. I recognized that he had been with us the whole time, but that I was only now becoming able to perceive him. I'll stop there. Now that's enough. Give an idea what basis what awaits people they take their life I don't know if that would happen every time I remember what God said you think you had it hard it's nothing compared to what awaits you on the other side if you take your life you're not supposed to throw in the towel life's supposed to be hard you have to earn what you receive. I know there's pain. There's so many things you could do to relieve that pain, that stress, like what Greg was going through. Take a vacation. Love yourself. No one else will at least love yourself. Remember, you are loved. You are loved. I love you. I love everyone. Don't you? We should. We should adore each other. We're human beings on this planet. Yes, there's been a lot of war and killing in the past, but that's evolution. You have to understand the enslaving of people, the lack of money, of technology. That's what happens when a planet goes through its evolutionary stages. You know, human beings are sold into slavery because there's no money. Not a lot of money. It's understandable, regrettable, very sad, no doubt. The Egyptians were enslaved. The Hebrews were enslaved, I mean, by the Egyptians. So the point is, that is life on a Category 1 planet going through the early stages of evolution. And planet Earth, otherwise known as Mother Gaia, is also evolving as a planet. In the universe, this planet in the, is a beautiful world, is it not? All the life, blue skies, white clouds, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night. Oh, I, I feel a song coming on here.
How about Stairway to Heaven? Some verses of Stairway to Heaven. There's a lady who's sure all that litters is gold and she's buying a stairway to heaven. When she gets there, she knows if the stores are all closed with a word she can get what she came for. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. There's a sign on the wall, but she wants to be sure. Cause you know sometimes words have two meaning. In a tree by the brook, there's a songbird who Sometimes all of our thoughts are misgiven. Ooh, it makes me wonder. Ooh, makes me wonder. There's a feeling I get when I look to the west and my spirit is crying for leaving. In my thoughts I have seen rings of smoke through the trees and the voices of those who stand looking. Ooh, it makes me wonder. Ooh, really makes me wonder. And this whisper that soon, if we all call the tune, then the piper will lead us to reason and a new day will dawn for those who stand long and the forest will echo with laughter does anybody remember laughter whoa 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 If there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just the sprinkling of the May Queen. Yes, there are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. And it makes me wonder Whoa, 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 whoa. Your head is humming and it won't go, in case you don't know. 
The piper's calling you to join him. Dear lady, dear lady, can you hear the wind blow? And did you know your stairway lies on the whispering wind? And as we wind on down the road, our shadows taller than our souls, there walks a lady we all know. Who shines white light and wants to show how everything still turns to gold. And if you listen very hard, the tune will come to you at last when all is one and one is all. To be a rock and not to roll. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. All right. Let's drink some water. The weather's been very pleasant here in San Antonio recently. It hasn't been cold right now. It's about 70, 75. What else can I tell you about my friends? Let me look at my list of songs here. Got over a hundred songs. Sean Denver. Sunshine on my shoulders, Rocky Mountain High, back home again. I think I sang that. Last week, listen to the music, Doobie Brothers, California Dreamin', Journey, Tears for Fears, Mr. Mister, Simon and Garfunkel, Gordon Lightfoot, Duran Duran, The Hollies, Neil Diamond, Bobby Heed, Classic Four, Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, Queensryche. Fred, Billy Joel, just the way you are, Cat Stevens. How about Morning is Broken? Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing. Praise for the morning. Praise for the springing fresh from the world. Sweet the rain's new fall, sunlit from he- heaven, like the first dew fall on the first grass. Praise for the sweetness 
of the wet garden, sprung in completeness where his feet pass. Mine is the morning, mine is the sunlight, born on the first light, Eden saw play. Praise with elation, praise every morning, God's recreation of the new day. Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the springing. Praise for the morning. Praise for the singing. Praise for the morning. Praise for the springing fresh from the world. That's one thing about singing, my friends. If you make a mistake, you can always, if you're singing a cappella, you can always go back and correct it. You know? It's always a good idea to correct mistakes, you know? They teach us that in the army. Never leave a mistake and go on as if nothing happened. And I see in major sports games nowadays, too, that's becoming so prevalent, you know. When they had the capability to review each and every play, if there was a mistake, they need to stop the game, correct the mistake, and move on. That's the right thing to do, period. Too many people have money, emotions, heartfelt feelings, love for their teams. To have some people with no offense to them intended because they don't know better, they're hired by the people above them, if you know what I mean. Ruin a game, so to speak. I've seen that before, I'm sorry, you know, put it that way, but I've seen it too many times, and it's not pleasant. That's why nowadays I prefer to read about sports. I love sports. I'm in tune with all of the sports college football, the NFL, NBA basketball, baseball. But I'll rarely, rarely look at a game on TV. Usually only when we go to a restaurant that's up there and everyone else is watching it, you know. How about another song? Wasn't too long ago, the new year was here, you know, Christmas. Where did Christmas go? How about Ave Maria? Lubricate the vocal cords for this one. 
María Maiden mild Oh listen to a maiden's prayer For thou that here amid the wild Just thou Tis thou can't save amid this We slumber safely till the morrow, though we by man outcast reviled. Oh, maiden, see a maiden sorrow. Oh, mother, hear a suppliant child. Ave Maria. Ave Maria Gracia plena Maria Gracia Plena Maria Gracia Plena Ave Ave Dominus Dominus Tecum The murky caverns air so heavy Shall breathe a bomb if thou hast smiled O maiden here, a maiden pleading O mother here a suppliant child Ave Maria Ah
Yeah. I had to take a drink of water there. Sometimes you run out of, um, you know, your voice just gets dry and you can't go anymore. Anyway, I hope you appreciated the rest of it. Yeah. Anyway. So tonight, for the extraterrestrials who are out there, and we know they're out there. We see them all the time. Phoenix, the Phoenix Lights, 1997, a one-mile-wide spacecraft flew over the city of Phoenix. 10,000 people saw it. It made no noise. One mile wide. Do you think we have that technology? Anti-gravity? Not making a noise? We don't have those propulsion systems. The Hudson Valley UFO in Hudson Valley, New York, 1983 to 1989. Over 5,000 people saw the Hudson Valley UFO. Also a V-shaped flying saucer, a V-shaped spacecraft. Fire in the sky, Travis Walton, abducted by these extraterrestrials. You saw, you might have seen the movie. I saw it many times. Check out Travis Walton on YouTube. This guy didn't ask to be abducted by these extraterrestrials. It changed his life, big time, you know. So he was logging with some fellow loggers, clearing off the side of a mountain in Arizona near Snowflake, Arizona in 1975. They were coming back from a day's work. It was getting dark. They were going down the road in their truck, and they saw a light. And as they got closer, they saw that it was a flying saucer hovering above the ground. Travis Walton got out of the truck and walked over to it, all his his, uh, friends in the truck were yelling at him, screaming at him to come back. He got zapped by the, what I guess was the electromagnetic field of the spacecraft, you know, because that's how they navigate Earth, the electromagnetic grid. It's just a question of attracting and repelling the energy that already exists with their mechanisms on board. That simple. I should switch it to either attract or repel and in whatever direction they want to go until they get to outer space, then they can fire anti-gravity beams to warp time space and surf that way from one air, from one location to another, if you know what I mean. Because space, like Einstein said in the theory of general relativity, is a fabric, my friends. It's not something without substance. It has substance. Space has substance. It's a manufactured reality, courtesy of the supreme creator. You see, this whole physical universe was created for our spirits to grow. The Supreme Creator took a part of His Spirit and put it into us. We have an infinitesimal piece of the Supreme Creator within us. Your soul, the brain of your spirit, my friends. And we're here on Earth to learn from darkness, among other things, Isn't that amazing how the world is rotating on its axis? 
at 600 miles an hour and giving us half a day of light, half a day of darkness. It's a power that we're not often aware of, right? We take it for granted. And our revolution around the sun, we just completed one whole revolution. 2022 is long gone. That trip all the way around the sun lasted 365 days. Here we are doing another revolution, so to speak. On the 7th of January, this time last year, we were in the same location, but actually not because our solar system is traveling around the Milky Way galaxy, so we're at another place in space than we were last year. Isn't that amazing? Planet Earth, the great, huge, beautiful, cobalt-blue world of ours, floating in the darkness of space, the velvety blackness of space. A miracle of creation. Many thanks to the Supreme Creator for the beautiful planets that exist thanks to the wonderful mind and imagination and creativity of the Supreme Creator and the cosmic forces that also exist that are available for us to use if we know how to, we can create also by words. Words! Like it says in the Bible, in the beginning was the word. The Bible has a lot of truth and wisdom, my friends. Now, I don't believe all of it. Some of it, I don't believe. I think that means I'm a, an evolved person. When you can stand alone and say, okay, I believe that, but I don't believe that. Because that doesn't make sense. That's not logical. How did the Virgin Mary become pregnant? Anybody have any idea whatsoever how that physical sperm was put in her womb? Does anybody have any idea how that star of Bethlehem got to that place above the manger, a few hundred feet above the ground? Does anybody have any idea how those angels spoke to the shepherds or how the the Red Sea was parted. You think Moses did it with his rod? Think again. But it really did happen. How about a Christmas carol? Never too late for Christmas carols, my friend. I sing them in July. Let me pick one here. I gotta look at my list. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin 
and aeropining till he appeared and the soul felt it worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees oh hear the angel voices oh night divine oh night when Christ was born oh night divine oh night O holy night. And it's true that the world was in a sorry condition, a sorry state back then in those days, my friends, when divine intervention was determined to be necessary. There was a lot of evil, so to speak, a lot of Immorality and sexual immorality, especially murder, disregard of the value of life, worshiping idols, not knowing God. And the time, therefore, was ripe for divine intervention of a very special type. So enter a baby Jesus born in Bethlehem. To a virgin impregnated by artificial insemination by extraterrestrials. That is how it happened. Not some fantasy that you have no idea of how it happened. But no offense to you. You are gods. Remember in my site in BBS radio, BBS radio, it says you are God. Jesus said, you are gods. You are gods. I'm a God, too, in the making. If you have the potential to die, I don't want to sound morbid for anybody out there who's thinking that, but it's always good to know that, and it never ceases to amaze me of that. Now, I'm not afraid I don't want to be afraid. I want to take each day and enjoy it, you know, enjoy the ride. But we also have to be wise and understand why we're here. We're here to develop spiritually, to learn from darkness, to increase our light. That's how we learn from darkness. The lamps of our souls are meant to be increased while we're here on earth the intensity, the wattage, if you will. The only way you can do that is to kind of 
step outside your comfort zone. You remember how you feel when someone close to you leaves, dies, or passes away? It's so sad. I've had it happen to me. My parents passed away in 1999. It's at that time when you draw upon that faith that you have within inside you to keep you going through those difficult times. And so it's a constant endeavor, my friends, to develop yourself, to prepare yourself, to gain knowledge. There's lots of good books out there. People that have had incredible experiences that they can share with you, like Angie Fenimore or Betty Eady, Embraced by the Light, a woman who was clinically dead for 20 minutes, had a hysterectomy, internal hemorrhage. She went to heaven. What she saw was amazing. And she had a tour of heaven, met angels, spirit guides, saw the beauty of heaven, the intense colors, the wonderful scenery there, the angels that are walking around, the roads paved with gold, the silver, the precious jewels everywhere, the pearl walls, the trees of life with fruit, the river of life, other souls that have existed on earth throughout the centuries from all different cultures, all under the mother and father God and the mother and father God under the creator of the universe who created the Big Bang, who at one time existed by his, herself when there was only him, her, and darkness and silence until by the power of the Supreme Creator's will, after imagining everything that would exist in the universe, by the power of his or her will, the physical universe began to form itself. Isn't that amazing? So as you go outside tonight and look up at the stars, know that God, the Supreme Creator, is still alive. And is very real. Supreme Creator, please bless us here on Earth, on this planet just one out of billions in the universe. And there's so many civilizations out there. As we look up into the stars, we know it's true that you are a creator of bodies, of people, of sentient beings, of planets and suns. We love you. Thank you for everything. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you next week.